Salwate de Skibli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Today is May 20th, 2023. Hope y'all are doing super well. Um, doing very well myself. What we're going to be doing today is I'm going to be taking the word, the Greek word pathos, uh, referring to feeling and or suffering in this case. And we're going to rip off of a bunch of words um, that are associated with pathos, which tends to um, sometimes show up as the suffix pathy, or in some cases, path uh, as, um, as a prefix slash affix. So if you're curious, you want to learn a little bit more about pathos, where we get empathy and sympathy and pathology and apathy and pathetic and empathetic and all that great stuff, then let's dive on into it and understand the nuances and the differences between said words that I just mentioned. And uh, yeah, you know, if you guys have not already, I would appreciate support hopping on over to Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Cast, wherever you get your spot of um, wherever you get your podcast info, whatever, wherever you go to listen to your podcasts. Uh, I would really appreciate that support. Latin in layman's colon, a rhetoric revolution. Love you guys being a part of it because I know that this is going to happen at some point. We have this revolution that's kind of, it's, it's kind of like in the back burner right now, but we're making a little bit of a presence here. And I think that it's important, especially with all of this AI, all of this chat GPT nonsense, all of this stuff that is enabling us to not really rely on our own wherewithal, but actually having to defer to the internet in order to, you know, make up our thoughts, essentially, you know, uh, you know, school just ended here real soon. And, um, yeah, yesterday was basically our last day checking out and all that good stuff. And, you know, just talking to, especially the English teacher about how he's already caught quite a few of his students using chat GPT. I mean, I mean, us humans, we're inherently lazy. We want the easy route, regardless of whether you agree with that or not. And maybe you aren't. Sometimes you do seek out the easy route. Haven't you heard the the phrase work smarter, not harder? I mean, in that same framework, I know sometimes the lazy route is the route that we want to take because maybe it actually might be more beneficial. I don't know. But in this case, it's not. And it's just enabling us more. And it's taking away our language and the the empowerment of our own language. So let's dive into some of these words. Let's understand the nuances and let's understand the difference between something as simple as empathy versus sympathy. You know, um, it's funny that like people subscribe sympathy to being like uh, having a negative connotation to it. Somebody tried to have an argument with me about how, um, you know, I use the word sympathy um, and they were like, no, you mean empathy. And I'm like, well, actually, etymologically and according to the definition of each word and then and then they tell me that I'm mansplaining I'm like I'm not mansplaining I'm just helping you understand the the word you know that the why why I'm using said word in this context rather than the other word why am I using sympathy rather than empathy you know people don't understand this and when you don't understand the language that you're using um, you can be manipulated by those that do know and uh it's, it's very easy. How many times have you been hypnotized by somebody that, 
has a very amazing vocabulary and they tend to just speak very eloquently. It reminds me of, I don't know, uh, anyone that has a good command of their language. Um, a bad example, but I would say that somebody that uses a lot of words in order to heighten their 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 image is probably Russell Brand when I saw I saw an interview with him a long time ago. But at first I was like, this guy's convoluted. He he doesn't know what he's saying, but really he actually does know the words that he says. Um he's a pretty smart dude. Um I I don't know what what's up with him now, but that interview I'd watched was, you know, three, four years ago. So that being said, Let's go ahead and let's stop ramble bamble in this intro and dive on into some pathos words. All right, so pathos is a Greek word that means suffering or experience, sometimes feeling as well. That's where we get the experience from. So let's dive into our first word, empathy. Empathy, which according to Almighty Google, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. But etymologically, empathy comes from the Greek empathia, the assimilated form, em meaning within and pathos meaning suffering and or experience. This uh, really can, um, if you take the actual assimilated form in Greek, the empathia, it means passion or a state of emotion essentially, but breaking apart, breaking it apart a little bit more. Empathy just means to feel within essentially. And empathy is taking, you know, a situation that somebody is going through and being able to actually, you know, relate to them saying, you know, I've actually gone through this very same thing and I can feel the same feelings that you're feeling because I know that that's hard, you know, versus sympathy, sympathy, according to almighty Google are feelings of pity or sorrow towards someone else's misfortune. You can't relate to them. Um, you know, because you might not have had the same experience, but you can understand that they are going through a very difficult time and you sympathize with that. So that's where you get the difference when empathy is actually, you can, you can sympathize with them, but you can sympathize with them even more so more deeply. But if you're a sympathetic, you can understand somebody's misfortune without actually having been, um, or having dealt with that same situation that they've dealt with. You know, etymologically, sympathy comes from sim, meaning together, pathos, um, referring to suffering or feeling. So essentially, um, it comes from the uh, culminated form, sympathia, just like empathia. Sympathia in the Greek means feeling with someone else. And then if we etymologize that and break it apart a little bit more and parse it out, it just means to feel with someone, right? Not to feel within, but to just feel with them. All right. This is also where we get uh, another one, antipathy. What is antipathy? Well, anti means against pathos refers to suffering. So this is the against suffering. Um, according to Almighty Google, a strong feeling of dislike or aversion towards someone or something coming from those Greek words against the feeling. So you're feeling against and pretty much the same thing here versus something very different. So then we've gone from empathy to sympathy. We've gone to anti antipathy to apathy. What is apathy here? Well, A means without pathos, feeling, suffering, experience. 
According to Almighty Google, apathy is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or emotion. Etymologically, like I said, A without pathos, suffering. So we can take the culminative version, apathia, in the Greek, meaning freedom from suffering, or you can take the parsed out assimilated form, A without pathos, suffering. So without suffering or without feeling essentially, right? Because when you're apathetic, you just, you don't care. You just, you don't have those feelings. This is also where we get the term pathetic, pathetic evoking emotions or feelings of pity, sadness, or sorrow. Etymologically, pathetic comes from pathetikos, actually in the Greek, P-A-T-H-E-T-I-K-O-S, which means capable of feeling. So there you go. Next one from the pathetic, we can go from, we can take that etic off and we can throw ology on. And from pathetic, we have that path, put ology on and we get pathology. Pathology is according to almighty Google, the study of diseases and their effects. So etymologically, like I was talking about, pathology comes from the Greek pathologia, um, which means the study of suffering. And then if we want to parse it out even further, pathos, suffering, ology, stuff, uh, study of, the study of suffering. So either one mean the same thing. And the study of suffering, aka the study of diseases and their effects on the human body and or mind, right? Because we know that how health is just this holistic thing. It's mind, body, soul, and it's a very, very cyclical thing feeds one feeds into the other feeds into the other feeds into the other and it becomes this cyclical thing another one that uh, i thought was interesting pathetic fallacy pathetic fallacy is actually a literary device um, used by rhetoricians um, as well as authors and all those rock and awesome people um uh they use this uh device this literary uh, rhetorical device in order to uh, make inanimate objects, um, have human emotions or characteristics to reflect the mood of the scene, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about. But uh, um, let's see if I can think of an example. Objects that are given human emotions. Um, well, it's almost like personification of, you know, some sort of inanimate object to set the tone. So you could honestly, you could personify the weather and talk about how it's moody or something like that, or how it's, you know, it's dreary. And, you know, that's also by giving it more human-like qualities to it, um, which I'm not really, uh, how would I make the weather personified? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not the English guy. I do know a lot of grammar, but let's, uh, you know what? I haven't delved, delved into uh, rhetorical strategies in a while. But it comes from the Greek words pathos and follows. Pathos, suffering or experience. And follows, follows is not spelled F-A-L-L-A-C-Y uh, or, or O-S rather, follows, fallacy. In the Greek, it's P-H and P-H-A-L-L-O-S. And it refers to deception. So um, it is the um, the ex a deception experience essentially is what it means, or a deception of uh, feelings. Next one we have here is going to be pathogen. P 
pathogen, according to Almighty Google and the medical realm in general, is a bacterium, a virus, or other microorganism that can cause disease, which comes from the Greek roots pathos, suffering, or experience or feeling, and gainos, meaning to produce. This is where we get genesis from. We have genesis in the Greek, and then we have gainos in the in the Latin, gains, gains, gentis refers to class, tribe, um, type. You know, that's where we get genealogy from and things like genocide and um, generation and, um, yeah, genial. Next one we have here. But uh, I'm sorry, just to reiterate, but in this case, it comes from the genesis, a.k.a. to produce. So, what does pathogen literally mean assimilated? It means to produce suffering or the production of suffering, essentially, or the production of feeling. Next one we have here, and this will be our last word, is pathogenomonic. Uh, pathogenomonic. <laughs> which refers to a symptom or sign that is characteristic of a particular disease. It comes from the Greek words pathos, again, suffering, and gnomon, meaning indicator, G-N-O-M-O-N. And I'm just going to do a little bit of a self-correction there. Pathogenomonic. Pathognomonic is how it's really pronounced. That G is silent. It's hard for me. Pathognomonic. Um, <laughs> some of these can be a little tongue twister for me. Uh, mnemonic is also where we get, uh, you know, um, mnemonics, right? Ways, indicators in which we can remember certain things. Yeah, if you've never heard of what a mnemonic is, a mnemonic is like, you know, a little rhyme that helps you remember something for maybe a test or whatever. It helps you to indicate and kind of dive into the brain and be like, all right, I have that kind of socked away to uh, further, you know, remember uh, later on. All that good stuff. Anyways, um, again, like I said, a symptom or a sign that is characteristic of a particular disease coming from pathos, suffering, nom, G-N-O-M-O-N. Referring to indicator, the indicator of suffering, aka the symptoms associated with pathogens and pathologies. So, like I said, these words all have the roots in the Greek word pathos, um, but they have taken on different meanings and connotations over time, right? Despite their differences, they all share a common thread of emotion and or feeling and or experiencing. And uh, yeah, they kind of interweave and as such. Um, I love empathy. I think the world lacks empathy, but I think a lot of people want to embrace empathy. I remember as a kid, I was told uh, by a teacher of mine that my empathy would cripple me. And I remember first off, not really understanding what empathy was at the time. So I talked to my parents about it. They couldn't really explain it to me because I still didn't have the wherewithal to really understand. But later on, you know, had these conversations about it and really understood that yes, you know, sometimes my empathy has crippled me. It has allowed other people to take advantage of me because I do feel deeply for people. I, I feel deeply for everybody. Um, you know, that's why I have such a heavy heart for the homeless popula population that some people don't understand. You know, like I really, 
you know, I, when I look at the homelessness that's surrounding, you know, where I live, even downtown Colorado Springs, you know, it's just kind of thrown in your face and you just see how, you know, so much of it is just, um, mental illness and it's just addiction and it's all these things that just feed into itself. And it's just the cyclical cycle, um, that is, uh, self-serving and it's this, this feedback loop that, you know, I mean, like I was thinking about it over the winter, you know, when it, the temperatures would dip below zero, it's like, man, like, yo, I'd be, I'd be shooting up heroin just to, to make it through the night. If I did make it through the night at, at those severe of temperatures, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of the time these people are seeking out these things because it's like we talk about addiction is kind of like something that uh, what is said, add towards deco what is said you are said towards it's the action of being said or or spoken towards um essentially what you subscribe to essentially that's what addiction is so essentially you're always trying to feed that addiction and that is what is going to be you know sought out for every single day um and these people don't have the bandwidth to really focus on anything else but to to fuel that addiction, to feed that addiction so that they can make it to the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. You know, that's just an example of my empathy because I saw that so much in Portland as well. But at the end of the day, you know, empathy is important. And I think the more that we embrace empathy and the more that we embrace, embrace getting effed up by our empathy, I think that that's okay. Because you can know that you're leading your life in a way where you are true to yourself, you're true to your morals, your integrity, your honesty, the love that you have for the people around you, the love that you have for everyone in general. You know, I uh, uh, just a little side note before I wrap this up here, like I've been recently actually listening to for the first time the Lex Friedman podcast. Um, I actually did it because I wanted to listen to the Todd Howard one because Todd Howard is the, you know, the creator of Bethesda. And I'm just, you know, one, uh, I remember, I think, first seeing gameplay of Morrowind, the Elder Scrolls Morrowind when I was a kid, just opened my mind to the, my love for fantasy and open world and RPGs and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I try to, to, to honor that, that love every now and then, now that I'm older, even though it's harder for me to play video games, just cause I'm that type A person. But, um, I was listening to him and then I've listened to other ones after and uh, I really like his message on love. He really embraces love. Um, and I love that because I think that you can say love in a heavy way without it being creepy. I think people think that like some uh, per, people that wear love on their sleeve and they talk about love and everything like that. They're like, oh, you, you don't understand the gravity of what you're saying. But I really do. I really do. I love deeply. I love profoundly. I love the people around me. I love my students deeply. I, I'm going to miss them so much. Like they, they really like at the, uh, this end of the semester was hard. Like, you know, some of them, like, I don't know. It's just, it's like, I always say, you know, the reason why I teach is for my students and, um, and I always will. And that's why. And to imbue my love for the world and learning and growing and all these things is how I use my Latin class. Latin isn't just a language because Latin can be so much more. 
I can talk about character. I can talk about etymology. I can talk about linguistics. I can talk about what the kids are going on uh, through, you know, and growing up into this world and in being inundated in their language and blah, 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 and skip it a bop and whatnot. But I'm just ramble bambling, so I'll stop. But I appreciate you guys and thank you again for being here and and still following me and supporting me. I, I know it's sometimes these get deep into the reads and I know that some of you don't really want, like them as much. You guys like the Q&As more. You guys like the, the stories more. And I'm going to start entertaining those much, much more. But I just appreciate you guys for being here. I really do. Thank you. I wish that you guys would interact with me more sometimes because sometimes you guys interact with me big time. Uh, but like email me, Liam Connerly at gmail.com, latinandlaymans at gmail.com. Send me some questions. Um, I would appreciate it. Let's grow together because that's what we're doing every day, all day, if we're accepting of it or not. Okay. So I'd say accept it because. The more that we embrace the fact that we just don't know is a truly beautiful thing in my opinion. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Tempo Sest, Disquetere.